0: Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is grand bills along with me. Grant showed up to work today. We're in for bill. Bill is back on Monday off the rest of the week. Myself and grant will be with you each day as we pretty much count down the days until the all-star break last year, Grant, I was in this chair as well, filling in for bill. He takes the same vacation week every year, lines it up with close to the all-star break. But last year we had the Bucs in the finals and it was a very, I, I guess it was a uh, abnormal summer and at an abnormal all-star break to be hosting a four hour radio show this year. There are no Bucs in the finals. They did play the yeah. summer league. I didn't watch it. I don't, I, I still can't understand who won that game, but we'll get into that in a little bit. My buddy Asher Lowe will join us. He was at the game. Talk a little bit about what he has seen from Johnny Davis, about what he's seen from Marshawn Beauchamp and some of the Bucks youngsters out there in Vegas. That's coming up around 1 o'clock. But I, I mentioned it heading into the break. A big topic as we go through this month will be, what are the Brewers going to do? Uh, how can they get better at the deadline? I think every single fan, and every single follower of this baseball team, we all should agree that bullpen arms are necessary. We should also be confident that Stearns, one who has shown a love for picking up uh, low priced bullpen arms. We'll go do that. So I think that all goes without saying like, yes, they need to bolster the bullpen. They need to get deeper. You can't really have Trevor Gott or uh, John Dale, Gustav, or Trevor Kelly, even though uh, he hasn't pitched in a while. Chi Chi There, There are a bunch of guys you can't have out there pitching come playoff time, but I'm confident that Stearns will do that. He's good at it. But yes. if there's a big ticket move, I've said I'm still in on Frankie Montas getting a pitcher. Uh, there also could be moves to be made on the offensive side in, in the positions I said yesterday, Grant that the defense is starting to concern me with this baseball team. So any move that can bolster your lineup and bolster what you do uh, on defense behind the pitchers would be very welcome. Ramon Laureano on the A's is someone I've thought about recently, but the big topic here is I, everybody thinks or most people think I, if they want to go all in, like they're going to need to somehow get another bat. Another Eduardo Escobar would be great, but maybe someone bigger than that to, yeah. to really, really help this lineup. The big topic is, would you trade away some of the top prospects to do that? And for some reason, most of the, most of the chatter I've seen online and some of it directly, uh, going up to my tweets at Benzie Kenny on Twitter is that, uh, Direct quotes are: "This guy, Churio, lick, name your top prospect. They're untouchable." Now, Jackson Churio is the interesting one. He is 18 years old. The Brewers signed him a couple years ago uh, in the international signing pool. He has really gone ballistic recently. Uh, he is up to number 20 in Baseball America's midseason prospect rankings. You look at all of the prospects over the last seven years to have. A runs created plus, and I'm not going to get deep into what that means, but the higher the number is, the better. He is at 160 WRC plus. Yes, that's, that's that stat. He yep. is at 162. 100 is around major league average. He is he has been terrific uh, in a ball with where he. I mean, he's only 18, so he will rise. But the only player since 2015 to be 18 years old and have something that good in that category, Wanda Franco current Ray shortstop, uh, young phenom. Fernando Tatis Jr., anybody who knows baseball, I feel like knows that name, Uh, all-star, stud. He has been hurt this year, but he is an electrifying baseball player. Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, hitter of bombs, among other things, electric player, uh, rising star, going to be one of the faces of the league. Julio Rodriguez also did it. He is a rookie in Seattle now, could be rookie of the year. He's terrific. And Ronald Acuna Jr., who, I mean, goes without saying, absolute stud. So Churio has risen himself into pretty elite company at this point in his career. I don't know how long it's going to take him to get to the big leagues, but Grant, I'll ask you first. If it came down, and we can get into who they could be trading for next, but if it came down to parting ways with Churio or parting ways with outfielder Sal Freelich or outfielder Joey Weimer, would you be in favor of the Brewers going in to make this move and saying goodbye to, insert top prospect here.
1: Yes. If it helps you contend for a World Series this year or next, right? Any move that they make at the trade deadline, which I know some Brewers fans are like, hey, we should trade Josh Hader. Okay, are you trading Josh Hader with the idea to contend this year and next? Is it a trade that's going to help you bring in other pieces to help you win this year and next? Then I'm fine with it. I love Jackson Churio. I also didn't know who he was until like a month ago, and I feel like most Brewers fans didn't know who he was until last week which I think is the con of baseball minor league teams, which we can get into that. I, I, I kind of think they're a marketing front. <laughs> like they launder the <laughs> reputation of some of these owners that have no interest in winning. It's like, oh, we can't trade for a good player. We got this guy coming up. He's really good. And everyone's like, oh, cool. But that's a whole separate conversation. If you need to trade a top prospect and you can get an amazing player to help you in now, then do it. Cheerios 18. By the time he's up here, all of these stud pitchers are going to be gone or most of them are going to be gone. Haters going to be gone like our windows. Now I want to win a world series. So do whatever you need to do to make that happen.
0: I think that's a really good point that five years from now, when he is, let's say 23 entering his prime best case scenario, he's one of the best outfielders in the NL or in the NL central or in baseball at that point. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Josh Hader, Devin Williams will not all be on the same pitching staff. It's nearly impossible yeah. to keep all those guys around. So I see where you're coming from there. And listen, I am—I have always been infatuated with baseball prospects. I—I I, I think yesterday I tweeted at you. I'm a prospect sexual in some ways. I just—I mm-hmm. cannot get enough of minor league baseball and the guys that are to come next. And I'm a nerd in that way. Part of that is fantasy baseball. I love the like. If you could give me a random guy who's going to hit 260 on the year and not give me like a picture Howie Kendrick but multiplied by fifty, yeah. I would rather get a guy coming up like O'Neill Cruz who's hitting 190 but has that boom potential to just go crazy as soon as he gets to the MLB that 's why I love these prospects. but as a guy who does, I also agree with you. I think this is a very golden opportunity where a lot of the pieces are in place for the Brewers to make a big move and do it. My only issue with all of this, though, comes with who? Who could possibly well, be out there to trade for? Because when I look up and down, and this is only on teams that are going to sell, like, you, for instance, there's no Manny Machado, Trey Turner sitting out here, a guy of that crazy caliber, like when the Dodgers picked up, they got Scherzer and Trey Turner together, right?
1: Which remains, by the way, so dumb that the Nationals, but I get that they were trading Scherzer, but then they're also like, here, take our really young franchise shortstop. That was dumb.
0: Yeah, I think he is one of the more underrated players still in baseball. He is crazy good, but I don't really see any of those caliber guys out there at this point. And a price can always be negotiated for a team that maybe is on the fence, but then sees a price come in and say that they have to make a move. But Josh Bell is one of the highly coveted names. I mentioned it earlier. I don't know how much of an upgrade, though, he is over Rowdy Tellez or whether that warrants that kind of trade. And then all the other names that you see listed, like CJ Krohn is fine. Uh, Fine, yep. And you go up and down the list, and most people, you could say exactly that about. Like, they're fine, they'll help, and the Brewers might trade for them. But I don't know, none of these guys really warrant giving up that big name the trade I would do it for is I mentioned this a little earlier give me Frankie Montas from the A's starting pitcher and Ramon Laureano their center fielder he's had a down defense year in center but he has shown to be a very good defensive center fielder his numbers are literally the exact same as every single brewer up and down the lineup 247 OPS in the high 700s yet there is kind of the ceiling there where I think they can maybe get more out of him like a Willie Adams type of deal with he did it in the past. And then he comes to Milwaukee yes. and shows more, but that move to bolster the lineup and the rotation at the same time. I'm in favor of that. I'm okay. If one of the top prospects are traded, I would just love to know, and maybe people can help us out and chime in on who it could be, but who are the big bats that they could actually go acquire?
1: I always use the Manny Machado example in this discussion. Because that was an example where an elite player was available, and it was going to take your top prospect. The Brewers didn't move that move because they would have had to give up. Uh, they would have had to give away Keston Hira. They don't want to do that, <laughs> right? And Kesten Hira could still be great one day. Like That's tough. this isn't slander, Keston Hira. But looking back now, I'm left thinking, okay, well maybe I would have done that. You know, like maybe that would have made the difference against the Dodgers. You don't know. I'm not saying it would have for sure. Um, and maybe there's no Manny Machado type player out there that would require you trading a top prospect. Also, we're still a couple weeks away and don't underestimate the drive that so many of these owners have to get cheaper and worse. Like that is a huge factor in Major League Baseball. So who knows, right? A couple of weeks make a huge difference and some owner wants to get rid of a good player to save a couple of bucks. Yeah, you never
0: know. I'm with you. And I mentioned the Loriano Montas thing. Montes is under team control through twenty three, so you definitely get him for at least another year. Loriano through twenty twenty four. So that kind of fits the mold of guys that can stay under team control. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Would you part ways with a top prospect to bring in significant help? Let's go to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got?
2: Grant knows me as Dave from Middleton. I'll stick with that. Dave from hey. Middleton. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> God, i pleased to meet
0: you, Ben. Hey, good to meet I'm, you. You sound like a very nice version of Dave from Minona.
1: <laughs> yes. He's the, nice, he's the nice, like the devil on the shoulder, angel on the shoulder. <laughs> he's the yin to David Minona's yang.
0: Love it. Love it.
2: And I'll have to polish up my halo. But, uh, yeah, you were talking earlier today about uh, why people are so intent and or intense with respect to their game-to-game judgment of the Brewers. And I'm going to go with uh, your second suggestion. It's been years and years and years. Uh, One of your morning uh, colleagues refers to it as the nut punch continuum, I believe. Yes,
0: yes, I've heard that.
2: And and at some point, your back gets so sore that you look for any kind of relief you can find. So if the Brewers have a good game, it's, yeah, uh, they're on the roll. And if they have bad game, it's kind of like, well, I've seen this movie before. So, um, it's a psychological thing, I believe, and, uh, not, uh, something that's gonna be easily remedied unless, uh, there's some positive activity in the postseason. As far as trading, uh, for someone, uh, established and, uh, who's going to contribute to the Brewers. I'm all in favor of the is out there. Go for it. Both you guys and your colleagues have referenced the fact, uh, rather pretty much a fact, that there is a two-year window for this, and then it's going to be very expensive to maintain the pitching staff, perhaps some of the position players. So the time is now. Uh, the 10-year-old guy, I don't follow baseball, and you guys do, he's not going to be ready. Um, I don't know what the average is even for phenoms to get to the big leagues, but this guy is in, what, A? Yeah,
0: he's in, he's in A not... ball. Three years is probably the best-case scenario, two to three years. Okay, well, he's going to miss the window
2: then
1: anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and when he first gets called up, they're not going to want him up for good. They're going to bring him up and then send him back down and do that whole thing.
0: Yeah, Dave, I'm with you. When it comes to the, when it comes to the outlook on the team, I, I am all in for the game to game over and like how we overanalyze everything, how the outlook changes when they win and lose. But that's about being a baseball fan, I guess in terms of the overall outlook heading into the playoffs last year, it was pretty much all positive. Everyone thought, you know, hopefully they'll figure something out, but the pitching is great. You had some people pick them to win the world series this year. I don't know how much is necessarily different aside from the health, which I, by that point should be okay. Yeah. I
2: have uh, no reason to disagree with that assessment. I got anyway, you. Um, uh, Thanks for the listen. I'll let you guys go. Doing a good job with the show. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the week. Take it easy.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. The the angel on the left, does the angel sit on the left shoulder or the right shoulder in that setting?
1: I don't know, but I love Dave. I wish he called more often. I hear from him once in a while. Yeah but not as much as Dave and Monona, who I also love for different reasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, but D- Dave's in for for giving up one of the top guys uh, to pick someone up. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're in the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got?
2: Hey, man, this is Jake in Madison.
0: Jake, how are you?
2: Good, good. Uh, you know, talking about players we can pick up, I, I haven't heard anybody toss this name around. And maybe it's just too big, but, but like Mike Trout. Is, is he
0: just untouchable? So that's interesting. Trout, yes. Hmm. Um, Trout hmm. is under contract for so long that I don't know if I he has to be untouchable because he is the franchise. There's another player on that baseball team that I wanted to talk about. His name's is Shohei <laughs> oh, Otani. <please> Shohei. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. so listen, it's like it's been brought up that maybe Shohei Otani down the road, I think he's under contract for two more years maybe he wants to go somewhere and win because no matter what the angels do to put a good roster together, it seems like they're always going to suck. They just cannot get out of the doldrums of being horrible. No matter how many good players they have, it's like trout and Otani combined for five home runs, 18 RBI and the angels lose 30 to 18. It happens every week. So I I'm with you. I just, I actually put this out on Twitter earlier today I put the Brewers' top three prospects and Freddie Peralta. I said, would you trade them for Shohei Otani? And I had a yeah. couple people say no.
2: Oh, man, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, secondly, I just, I don't know, I'm listening, I'm maybe on a delay, but uh, Dave from Middleton just called in, and you uh, said, he sounds like a nicer Dave from Anona. I would just say more educated. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm. Uh, I, I'm not going to agree or disagree. I'll plead the fifth there, but I will <laughs> I will definitely let you air air uh, that opinion.
2: You, yeah, you guys have a great
0: day. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, there he is. There is our first mention of stars on the Angels, Grant. And I was hoping this would persist today. Listen, if you are the Angels, pretend you are the Angels general manager. I don't know his name, but yeah, he's done a pretty questionable job in the last 20 I'm gonna years. I'm going to
1: close my eyes and really go all out. For this, but yeah. to visualize
0: it. Pretend you're you're a mostly incompetent general manager because that's who it's <laughs> proven to be. All right, I come to the doorstep. I say I will give you Jackson Churio, Sal Frelick, the number two prospect in the Brewers system, Joey Weimer the number three. All three of those guys, and Freddie Peralta for Shohei Otani and throw in I don't know. Insert utility infielder here. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Okay, so what what are the Angels going for? Are they trying to win more games and contend? Because maybe, but would fans rather keep Shohei or would they rather get a bunch of prospects? They've never heard of, let's be real. I mean, we love these guys. Again, we only heard about Cheerio last week for the first time, but now he's everyone's favorite. Are Angels fans jumping up and down over that? You, you can't forget, and I'm in the GM chair here, so you got to understand where I'm coming from. I'm trying to keep my job. I'm not trying to get fired. I'm trying to keep the fans happy, sell tickets. I, I feel like you just can't trade Shohei Otani no matter how bad your team might be.
0: I agree because I, I mean, letting him go is, this is kind of hyperbole, but he is the modern day Babe Ruth in a lot of ways. One of the most care. dominant pitchers in baseball. Like he was MVP last year. He might be having a better year this year. One of the most dominant hitters, pitchers at the same time. So I, if I am them, I don't know how in the world I trade him. However, they're in a weird crossroads because yeah. their team sucks. They have great players. Rendon's out for the year. They're—I mean—they were good in the beginning of the year. Then they go on a 13-game losing streak. Fire their how manager. Is, and how are they bad? I don't understand it.
1: I don't know. I, I can't. I look at their roster. I'm like, okay, maybe you're not the Dodgers. Or the Astros, but I don't understand how they're bad. I just don't understand how it
0: works. Well, a lot of the names they have relied upon have been great in the past and kind of have lost it. Like Noah Syndergaard, can't blow guys away sure. anymore. Rendon hasn't been good since he signed there. And then a top prospect like Joe Adele hasn't really lived up to expectations. But yeah, I I don't know. I think they would be at a weird crossroads. But this, all, this goes back to the conversation. And right, we could go back and forth as to whether they would do it, I think. I'm with you that they definitely would not. However, I, someone responded to me on Twitter today and said, Otani wouldn't fix anything unless he is an outfielder every day. And I can only say to that he would fix everything. We mentioned they need a bat and they need an arm. He would literally do both in the same being. He would be a top of the rotation, dominant arm, maybe even put him, put him in the bullpen.
1: I was going to say middle relief guy. There's your elite middle relief guy. You know, council would be, well, I want to use him every day, not just once a week. Like he would, he would have a field day with Otani. He would, he would make fans enjoy Otani a lot less. He would find a way to use him. It <laughs> would make him way less exciting, would probably lead to more wins, but would make him way less exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. But I, I mean, that's a no brainer, but that th- that's the extreme example here and take away whether the other team would do it, but it's the extreme of, would you even give up two to three of these top guys? If it means really making the move that could be the over the hump kind of move. So, well, again, and I I know we're talking about
1: the angels, but I said this a couple minutes ago, we cannot underestimate the drive that so many of these baseball owners have to get cheaper and to not really care that much about winning. So if you call cheap teams and GMs that are trying to keep their job, it's like, Hey, we'll take this great player off your hands. Don't, Be surprised if an owner is like, wait, we can unload this huge deal. We stink anyways. Okay, let's do it. And maybe that's not something that's publicly advertised right now because no owner wants to advertise that. But that deal could be lurking somewhere. You never know. It's how baseball works.
0: Yeah, and these few weeks will go a long way towards determining who does that. Like if someone's in playoff contention and has a 400 winning percentage uh, over the next three weeks, that could drive them the other way. As we've talked about the outlook, which changes so often. If you enter the trade deadline with the most severe negative outlook, that could maybe drive a significant move like that. 877-867-1670. We're going to talk more about this when we come back. What should the Brewers do? Should a top guy maybe be on the move? If you want to play GM of another team and a star, can throw out a trade to see if it might work for both sides. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. More is coming up after this.
2: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Welcome back in. It is the 12 o'clock hour of the program on this fine Tuesday in the state of Wisconsin. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels today. Bill is on vacation. He will be back on Monday. Did Bill go somewhere cool? He goes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, to a lake house with his family somewhere a little southern, not in the south, but in the southern states, not in this state, uh, if I'm not mistaken. That's usually where you go back to Cincinnati, where he's from. I think he stops there. I'm not completely sure, but I'm sure we will get many a vacation story uh, when he returns. I don't know if you heard this, Grant, but he, he had some funny uh, July 4th anecdotes when he came what back did he from do? that trip. What happened? Uh, let me find the drop. Here it is. I beat myself. I couldn't help it.
1: I have a, I have a bill drop uh, as well. Hold on while we're playing this game.
2: Smoking pot.
1: Um, <laughs> so maybe the two are connected.
0: That's good. That's good. He
1: did pee himself over the 4th of July.
0: Yeah, he told this story. He was trying to get out of a boat after he was cleaning it or something and then slipped and he got up and he was just, you know, covered in covered in urine. And, his own,
1: you're
0: in. yeah, very, I, I guess, ah. excited to tell that. I mean, something I've learned as time has gone on and the more I've worked on this show is that mm-hmm. most of the things that go on in my life are usually used for content. Like right. I, I had a terrific week talking about the ethics of landlords and whether they should take away your air conditioning when it's a hundred degrees. It all works that way. You know, yesterday you I got talked your about air
1: conditioning taken away.
0: No, I, th- this was in May. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yesterday we talked about not only you not showing up to work, but classic I, at a coffee shop. Someone else picked up my sandwich and then realized it wasn't theirs after six minutes and put it back. And then I took it and I didn't know if I should ask for a new one or not, but I didn't, and I went and ate it.
1: I probably wouldn't have either.
0: Was it maybe a cute
1: woman who was trying to break the ice with you and have a conversation? No, and you just missed it.
0: Whatever you just described, imagine the exact opposite.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the exact opposite would be. Um, yeah, so some old sweaty man took your sandwich and then you ended up eating it.
0: Yeah, close to that, pretty close. But we talked about that. My yeah. entire
1: life is content. If it happens to me, it's coming out of my show for yeah. the most part.
0: That's what the people want, and and we have to deliver. 877-867-1670 If you want to get a hold of. The program I'm still talking Brewers. We'll get to some Packers stuff a little later. Again, Asher Lowe, he is at the NBA Summer League. He's going to join us at one o'clock. Talk a little Buck Summer League, whatever the hell happened last night. More importantly, what the young guys look like, what Johnny Davis looks like, his experience in Vegas, not drinking and instead watching basketball. So he'll join us at one. We have some Packers stuff. There's some sports radio stuff to get to coming up later this hour. I'm excited for crazy rant out in New York that I want to play you a little bit of. But so, granted, it's been tossed out. Obviously, the Mm -hmm. all-star break is coming up here next week. It was tossed out by our fine colleague Nelson weeks ago, months ago. I heard after the seventh game of the season, he said, I actually I remember this day vividly because my first thought was, why are we having this conversation on the seventh day of the season? But nonetheless, his thought was we need Yelich to play and participate in the home run derby. Now that thought has been shared by several others, including constant contributor to your show, David Gasper on reviving, mm-hmm. uh, reviewing the brew. I always read it. I think it says reviving and it, it's weird. Anyway, I gotcha. So far participants that have been announced are Pete Alonzo of the Mets two time defending champion, uh, I think it all goes without saying he's awesome Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves Albert Pujols which is so cool that stupid. they stupid that they oh. look stupid okay
1: yeah I just I'm over it I thought you were about to also hate on it so I was going to jump in in support with you but I guess we're this is awkward
0: no it's cool listen he's playing the all-star game they need to do this more often for all of the all-time greats that are in their last go-around, they should allow all of them a special exemption into the All-Star game as a final celebration. I think it's awesome. I think he's going to suck in the Derby, but I'll watch every second of it. I mean, this was probably the greatest player of my generation.
1: Yeah, but then we always talk about how baseball also needs to market its young stars better. And maybe it's maybe they're not connected. Maybe they can market their young stars better and also let old as dirt Albert Pujols into the All-Star game, but
0: I don't know. I just, I just didn't like it. You know how they can market their young stars better is stop Trade them to Milwaukee? Well, that's one great idea. I uh, cannot confirm nor deny the rumors started on this show, to be clear, and by callers that, you know, Otani. But how they can market their stars, how about not needing every team to have a representative? How about getting the... 32-year-old Michael Saunders out of the all-star game and getting young guys that people want to watch you know I don't need David Bednar on the Pirates terrific season I like I don't need every team to have a representative I think it's so stupid when I was watching 53 win Philadelphia Phillies baseball teams they sucked they were horrible I still watched I was a psychopath but I didn't it didn't change my fandom to see the best bad player on that horrible team playing the all-star game. I didn't care if they made it or not. Then they put him in. If anything, it was more of a slap in the face that Pat Neshek, who only had five appearances all year and a 1.1 <laughs> <1. laughs> ERA, was in the damn all-star game. He sucked.
1: Yeah, I, I also think baseball just needs to get rid of mechanisms that make it easier for owners and GMs to be cheap and bad. There's so many teams in baseball that aren't trying to be good And guess what? If you won't fork over money for an all-star or you won't try to acquire an all-star, you don't get an all-star. So I'm with you on this. I agree. Not every team should get one.
0: So, but the Derby. Back to the Derby. So Pujols is in it. As I mentioned, Acuna, Alonzo, Pujols. And these are people who have committed to it. There are more names to be filled. Juan Soto is in it as well. He did it a couple years ago. And the No. leader in home runs, absolute tank at the plate, Kyle Schwarber. So the question here is, Grant, I'll throw this to you first. Should Christian Yelich, as a way to maybe recapture some of his exit velocity prowess and home run hitting prowess, should he participate in the home run derby?
1: So the best case scenario is this recalibrates his swing and he comes out the other side a better man with more power. And I suppose you could make the case that that could happen. Sure. Sure. But what's the worst case scenario? Like if he were to go out in the home run derby and hit no home runs and just rip a bunch of grounders to first, is he toast at that point? He just went out in front of a national audience and fell on his face in in a setting where it's supposed to be easy to hit home runs. He still couldn't hit any. I feel like at that point he's he's done. And I, that scares me.
0: Huh? I never thought about what it'd be like if he didn't hit any and, and what the yeah. failure would be like. I always it, just thought of what it could do for him on the field. But I guess that connects back to that thing of what if Yelich played in like New York City or some large yeah. market, crazy Brilliant. fan base kind of thing, crazy media. Uh, and uh, not, not to compare the two, but, you know, sports towns that are definite that have the that have the uh, that are thought of, say, as a little too hard on their players. Maybe that would be the same thing. It's like if he would be consistently failing, not that he's failing now, like he's been much better in the leadoff spot. I think it could help. I guess I don't really see a way yep. it could hurt. Now, I don't think he'll win a round. I definitely don't think he'll hit more than Kyle Schwarber, but I don't really see how it hurts him at this point because the power numbers can't get worse, right? Like he had a very good month of June. He had two ninety one. He had uh two doubles only or a couple doubles. He only had two home runs, five doubles, excuse me. Two home runs, five doubles. Like, even though he was hitting close to 300, getting on base much more often, being more productive, he's the power still is just not there. Like, hitting yeah, 300 and having an OPS in the mid-700s is pretty damn hard to do. The good news might be that in July, he's only hitting 207, but uh, the on-base is very high, a lot of walks. The OPS is still okay. But the power can't get worse than it is right now. So I don't see how it could hurt. I guess that's where I stand.
1: You're, it's true the power can't get worse he's a slap hitter he's Jason Kendall for old timer or more old timer Brewers fans that was a fun era um, so I'm with you what the hell but but is there any route to actually getting him in there like what's that call to the league office sound like like hey we want Christian in the derby I know he never hits home runs but <laughs> we just kind of want to use this as a as a therapy Like, could, could he do a practice round have him do a practice round <laughs>
0: That's like, or maybe have him be the pitcher. Just have him be there present. That's like asking
1: Eric Lauer do it. Have uh, Eric Lauer pitch to Yellich (laughs) in the home run derby. That'll fix him.
0: I was going to bring up Jason Alexander in that light. uh, If, if there are any righties out there or Cubs.
1: I'm kind of pro Jason Alexander.
0: I kind of like him. Uh, But that's kind of like asking Steph Curry to enter the dunk contest. Like he can dunk. He has dunked before. I don't know how much dunking will be done. Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay.
1: So first of all, this is an amazing, I just want to say before we're done with this amazing take by our friend Nelson. I I love this. This is creatively thinking. And he was on this weeks ago. I don't know where we go with it from now, but I think this conversation is fascinating.
0: Well, I'll stop you there. I think it's a good take. I think he had it at a pretty insane time to have it. He had it on the seventh Mm -hmm. day of the season. Like Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. he didn't look good, but it was before we saw extended periods of slap hitting and no power. And yeah, we'd seen that for years prior, but still on the seventh day of the year, I'm not really thinking about the all-star break and who should participate in the Derby. So maybe it was a little early to the take, but better early than late, to be honest. That's
1: rowdy though. I mean, he's thinking months ahead, years ahead, which is maybe why he's so crabby all the time is he is perpetually (laughs) looking forward to the next Packers playoff loss. If my mind works like that, I'd be pissed off all the time too. It's fine.
0: And there is the segment I was going to brand as Rogers talk. I was going to wait till later to do that.
1: We gonna talk Rogers now.
0: No, no, we'll do that coming up. There will be a Rogers talk segment. I figured we might just go read his latest tweets. I feel like I'm contractually obligated, even though it's July 12th and nothing's going on to talk a little bit of Rogers just cause that's yeah. what, that's what moves the needle. I got to say, I did it. I have to fill the quota. So we'll do Rogers talk coming up here before one o'clock, but the Yelich thing's interesting. I, yeah, I would like to see it if it's possible. I don't know what the process is. Maybe you have to have a certain amount of home runs to be offered to do it, but who knows? Like maybe he goes out and does it. I'm sure there are examples in the past of he goes out and does it. And then the second half, he comes a prolific power hitter. 2018 Yelich is back. Brewers go on a run, get hot, go to the world series. could see that happening. It's <laughs> to
1: see. You brought up a great comp in the 2014 Giants, right? Last year, partway through the season, oh, I love this team's World Series chances. All these great starters. You win with starting pitching. The team is really similar to last year. I actually like Renfro better than JBJ. I might like him a little bit more than Avi Garcia too. McCutcheon is just a solid experience bat. I'm not saying they're way better than last year, but everything we thought about the Brewers last year, still true this year. And I think they have a better understanding of how this team operates and they can go with the trade deadline with a little bit more urgency. And I think they will.
0: Yeah. I see that being true. Uh, Cone roller friend of the Wisco sports show. If I'm not mistaken on oh. Twitter hits us up. He says, can chase Anderson pitch to Yelich in the home run derby? Nobody loved giving up more home homers more than chase Anderson. Don't get me started on chase Anderson. The Phillies signed the him. The Phillies. The Phillies signed him a couple years ago. They gave him a one-year, $4 million deal when there were so many better options out there. They signed Chase Anderson and Matt Moore, who I feel like are the exact same players. At their prime, they will give you a Zach Davies stat line of 12-12 and (laughs) with a 4-6 and just eat innings. But when you call someone an innings eater, that inherently means they're not that good of a pitcher. It's kind of an insult to call someone an (laughs) innings eater because it means they're not good at doing anything else. Like Max Scherzer, or who's the guy on the, uh, Sandy Alcantara. That's who I'm thinking of on the Marlins has pitched the most innings in baseball. No one calls him an innings eater because he is dominant. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball this season. So they got innings eater, Chase Anderson, and he was just abysmal. Like one of, one of the worst half seasons I've seen since they didn't really, you know, uh, Extend him past or they didn't let him throw once they got to like June. Uh, Z and the D hits us up again. He says, I don't care for Pujols or Miggy being in the all-star game. It is what it is. But what I do want is an all-star bunting competition like they do in Japan and South Korea. Here we go. Oh. Should Yelich do an all-star bunting competition to help his prowess when Craig Council makes him bunt for the rest of the year? Your calls next. Eight seven seven, eight six seven, sixteen seventy. I mean, I
1: what? I'd watch. Whatever. <laughs> Put it on TV. I'd watch. I watched the NBA skills competition. What the hell's the difference?
0: Because the bunting competition, given where we sit today, if a brewer goes in, then we're just gonna get mass hysteria every time they go up to the plate and don't bunt. Yeah. So I'm scared at the overcorrection that will happen if any of them come close to winning it.
1: You know what made me laugh is he's talking about Korea and Japan and baseball and other countries. But what about you know, China? People talk about, uh, or, or people talk <laughs> about uh, the NBA in Europe and how they teach their prospects how to play the right way. And it's not all like AAU crap. They oh, actually God. learn the game. Like, is there a a route that we could take that the brewers need to take more of the Asian, Japanese, Korean baseball model where they actually teach their players the fundamentals of the game and not just home runs?
0: Was that a legit question or a sarcastic one?
1: I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I think thing, something's there. That's what I'm saying. Something like, could be there. We talk about that with the NBA all
0: the time. Something could be there with them being better at bunting and better at making contact consistently with the baseball. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a fundamentals thing as much as it is a talent thing. Like I can't really expect Willie Adamas, who's shown a, a lot of strikeouts through his time, to suddenly become the best contact hitter ever. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm a little sick
1: of Willie Adamas. I hate it when people, oh, yeah, 16 home runs, 17 home runs. Do you watch the games? When was the last, like, meaningful home run he hit? They're all solo shots in the eighth inning when the game's over, and he had that one grand slam and garbage time. I uh frustrated
0: with Willie Adamas. Can't argue with that. All right, 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michaels Show. When we come back. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill today. When we come back, there was a terrific sports radio rant yesterday. We're going to talk about it. That's coming up next. This is something you want to hear. It's something that did enough to make me go on a 45 minute YouTube rabbit hole to find the best rants in sports radio history. We'll play it. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, it's The Bill Michaels Show
2: covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network. The Bill Michael show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.